0: Hey, all you intrepid architects out there. If you believe design can change the world, then you've found your humans here on this show, architecting. My name is Angela Mazzi, and I'm an architect and career coach who's figured out how to live my passion while claiming a successful architecture career and lifestyle. This show is about the architect as a person and will help you bypass the status quo traps in our profession while teaching you how to make an impact in your career. We need to stand in our power as architects and use our skills to make great places. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Hey there, bright lights. Did you know today was National Roller Coaster Day? And when I found that out this evening, I was not surprised to hear that. My day, in fact, the last two weeks have been kind of a roller coaster. Um, My day started with an 8.15 meeting and went all the way to 6 p.m. I think I had seven different meetings today, plus my clubhouse room, so... So, lots going on. That is why I am doing Monday's podcast at 10.30, 7 p.m. on Monday instead of on Sunday evening like I usually do. Yeah, it's been that crazy. But all good stuff. I spent a lot of time this weekend working on my Aspire conference presentation. And for those of you that don't know... This is kind of styled after TED Talks, and it is put on by the AIA's South Atlantic region. So that's the Carolinas and Georgia. And I'm really excited because I get to talk about salutogenesis. The talk is pre-recorded, so I had lots of fun playing with how to do that. I swear I could not speak a sentence without mangling a word or something. I don't know what was wrong with me. It took me all day Saturday to do this. So then I got behind on other work. But what was great was I learned how to use the video editor that comes with Microsoft Office. And that's going to come in handy because I am going to be putting the interviews that I do for this podcast, as well as some of my Instagram lives up on the YouTube channel. So you can watch if you'd like for some of these. So it's just another way to reach more people. Our clubhouse club today, which normally is 9 to 10, I had a client schedule an on-site meeting at 10, so... We started the recording, and of course, our guest for today bailed a half hour before we were ready to start the room. My partner Megan and I had to just really kind of pull things together. Luckily, we were planning to talk about biophilia, which is something we both know a lot about. We're kind of winging it through the content with no guest. Really glad our audience is staying with us, and halfway through... I have to get in a car to go to this meeting and i record the clubhouse room so if you ever go to architectingpodcast.com and go to the clubhouse tab you can hear them so i'm driving with my laptop open and my phone broadcasting clubhouse with all kinds of crazy background noise and it starts raining really hard making even more noise so it was a fun recording today. And, you know, I literally finish it and walk into the room to start the meeting. But I'm happy to say that we did manage to do it. You've heard me a lot lately talk about time management and that it is a state of mind more than a series of organizational techniques. And I think that this weekend and today was the perfect example, right? It would have been easy to say, Oh, our guest bailed. I have a meeting. I really don't have time to do this. I'm just not going to do this. However, to me, this was a non-negotiable. So I stayed up late working on the deadlines for these meetings that we weren't supposed to have today, but did anyway. And what I chose to do was be virtual and phone only for the 815 meeting so that I could sleep in and be getting ready for my day while i dealt with that project meeting then get on the clubhouse call and frankly find a way to make it work i committed to do this i think the architecting community is valuable i so appreciate the people who come week after week to our clubhouse room i love what we're doing with architects as healers buildings as medicine and you know what it's not perfect The recording's a little funky today, but we did it. We had that conversation anyway, and people heard it. And if they took even one thing, one nugget of value away with them, then I'm happy with that. And I think it is such a great lesson for us on... Time management really being about priorities. And if you want to make something happen, you will find a way. And that way may not be the most perfect way, but you made progress. You did it anyway. You got through it. When we think about roller coasters, there are ups and downs. There are curves. There might even be times we go and get inverted unexpectedly or through tunnels. But for every state that we're in, whether we're at the top of the hill or going through the tunnel, it's all temporary. And there's always something new around the bend. But what's important is to keep going. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about my AIA Aspire talk because I'm super excited about it. It's called Life Changing Spaces. I think I've mentioned many times before, um, my father was a doctor, and he believed in a very holistic approach to health. And his mother, a spiritual healer, she could do things like take away the evil eye or help uh, give you protective talismans. She was sort of into this, although she was a very religious woman, she was also a very superstitious woman, and I kind of think she had the gift. Coming from that lineage, what I've realized in my career is that I am healing in a different way. I'm healing through space. So my talk is all about this idea that as architects, we are space shamans. And that we have the power to help heal people. And in today's world, especially after the last year and a half, we've all experienced a higher than normal level of stress. We've also experienced traumas, big and small, and those take a toll. I mean, our brain is structured to form neural networks, which is a fancy way of saying habits, and using as little energy as possible. So when we're creative or we encounter a problem to solve, or life throws us a curveball, our brain can't just default to the old patterns. We have to use real energy to respond. We've had so much going on in the last year and a half where there is no normal. Our habits have been completely uprooted. And we've all had to put so much more mental energy into getting through every day and trying to live life as much as we can in spite of, to be creative in finding ways to do the things we want to do but stay safe or follow the rules. And it's exhausting and it's stressful. And you add on to that all of the uncertainty because is it going to end? When is it going to end? How is it going to end? Nobody knows anything. What we think is true today, next week we find is very different. More than ever, as architects, we need to think about how we heal people through our spaces. And I don't know the details of every person's life who might walk into a building that I worked on, but if I understand the general needs of the people who are using the building and the specific kind of stress they're under, and I provide them with a salutogenic environment that has multi-sensory cues to calm down and relax and be their best selves, I'm helping that person recover from their stress response, even if it's just a little bit. I look at this using Aaron Antonovsky's idea of salutogenesis, which literally means health generating. He was a medical sociologist who had observed that two people could have the exact same situation, but very different outcomes. And when he looked into why, he found the difference was the resources they had to cope. When we encounter a stressful situation, we have an entire physiological response that our body needs to recover from and reset. But when we have chronic stress, we don't get that opportunity to reset. And I have a whole chapter in my book that is out now, Time Builder, about the physical demands of stress. And I actually make the analogy to a mountain that's getting chipped away. If the erosion by stress happens quicker than new regenerative rock can be rebuilt, eventually that mountain is going to just become kind of one of those spindly little desert uh, landforms that could crumble at any moment, right? We go from homeostasis, that state of stability, to homeostenosis, this really fragile state. I love being able to talk about how that idea of giving people back resources by providing a salutogenic environment can happen. And I use five different theories. Antonovsky had worked with something called sense of coherence, which is how meaningful, manageable, and comprehensible a space is. But when we really look at everything that contributes to wellness, we are talking about biophilia. That connection to nature that lets us relate and be at ease. Prospect and refuge, which is so, so important in these stressful times, being able to shelter and feel safe and nurtured by our environment and have social choice. It's about self efficacy. And a lot of times, as architects, we build implicit inequity into space and create us versus them hierarchies that don't always need to happen, or we don't really think about ease of wayfinding to help people feel in control and less flustered and make it less work to figure out where to go and what to do. Finally, relaxation response. Where can we give people those opportunities to have positive distractions, an appropriate level of complexity and interest in their environment? opportunities to self-soothe with motions like rocking or swinging or pacing, things to do like walking a maze or being able to have a quiet moment of reflection. All of those things help to cue relaxation. So I am really, really excited to be able to share details of that and examples from projects and talk about how we can diagnose sick spaces too, and what remedies we can offer. Got this structured so there's a live portion and my colleague Kirsten is going to help me do some interactive work then with the audience to be space shamans themselves and try out that role. So this should be so cool, so much fun. So we're not only being shamans of people's stress levels, through our medicine of buildings, but we're also being shamans of the buildings themselves. And when we get a chance to work on projects that are remodels or adaptive reuses, bringing more healing elements into that space. This is perfect timing too to get to talk about this because couple weekends ago, I had the opportunity to interview Blaine Brownell, who is an incredible researcher into biomimicry and sustainability. He's a Fulbright Scholar winner. He's been in academia, but also was a practicing architect for many years. And he writes for Architect Magazine and also has published quite a few books. Um, Blaine and I met a few years ago, when he came to Cincinnati to speak at the Vision Leadership Program for architects that I'm a part of here. And we got to know one another, and we really hit it off because our research had very similar bents, and we've stayed in touch. I have interviewed him in the past for my old website, The Patron Saint of Architecture, and I was so excited that he agreed to do this interview all about his work and social justice and equity and how it all ties into sustainability. Stay tuned. That is coming up for Thursday's podcast. And I think this is going to be a really exciting episode. I know that there's a lot of amazing content. You definitely want to stay tuned for that. Very, very perfectly ties into this idea of salutogenesis and how the world we live in can shape us. I hope I have given you some food for thought today, some ideas about what you might do in the current projects you're working on right now. Like, what are three ways you can introduce a design element to lower someone's stress? Think about that. And they don't have to be big things. So it might just be a little alcove that you carve into a wall, or a really interesting texture that you're able to introduce, a materiality that provides that complexity, or that patterning that is organic that can enrich the space, or the way you could frame a view. That is what I want all of you to think about today. What are three ways? that you can help lower someone's stress level and be a space shaman yourself in one of your projects. As always, if you have show ideas, I am here for you and this is your community. So definitely ask away. DM me. I would be happy to cover your topics or answer your questions And don't forget, once a month, I also host the Critical Conversations room on Clubhouse in the Architecting Club. And we did it this Sunday. Oh my God, it was so great. It was all about your worth as a professional. So, yes, salary is part of it, but the value you bring also is. We had some awesome people join us asking all kinds of questions, and I got to do some laser coaching with them in the moment. So, watch on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. I post notices of the Clubhouse rooms, and they're both great rooms. Whether you go to our Monday morning weekly Architects as Healers, Buildings as Medicine room, or you come to our monthly critical conversations. The whole idea is to help you feel empowered and knowledgeable to really make a difference through your work. So take care, love you all, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for being part of this episode of Architecting. If you enjoyed the show, join our community on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn to keep up with what's in the show pipeline, including a behind-the-scenes look at my architecture lifestyle. Feel free to share your content ideas. Love to hear your feedback. You can also visit architectingpodcast.com to download free career content and learn about my classes, book, and coaching programs. Until next time, stay inspired. Mm -hmm.